0: Pittsburgh Steelers fans, what's going on? This is Jeff Harpin, senior editor of Behind the Steel with you for another episode of Let's Roger, Monday, Wednesday, Friday morning podcast. As a part of the Behind the Steel Curtain network of podcasts, I hope that you're checking us out, not just my Monday, Wednesday, Friday show, but all of our shows, morning, noon, PM content. We give you three brand new episodes Monday through Friday. Make sure you're checking us out in case you're listening to this on Twitter or maybe in an article on BehindTheSteelCurtain.com. Understand that where anywhere you get your podcast, all you have to do is search Steelers or Behind the Steel Curtain, you will find us. The Pittsburgh Steelers have just wrapped up their rookie minicamp. Spoke about that on my Monday podcast. Make sure you go back and check that out. And then something happened on Sunday that I felt deserved enough attention that I would do an entire first segment on my Wednesday show. We We know the mailbag's coming up in the second half, but I would do an entire segment on this in my Wednesday show. And so it's all about quarterbacks, which excites me. You should know this. If you listen to my podcast, you know I love talking about the quarterbacks. I love talking about offense. It is great. I love it. And I wrote an article every Sunday in the offseason as the editor, uh, senior editor, whatever you want to call me. I really don't care for labels. I I write a letter from the editor column every Sunday during the offseason. And it's just an opportunity for me to kind of get my thoughts out there in the open. Sometimes a letter from the editor article can turn into kind of a Happy Mother's Day uh, theme. Sometimes this feature can turn into me just thinking about the 2017 Steelers team, 13 and three regular season record, and how in the world did the Killer Bees never win a Super Bowl? All, all these things. I, I literally give myself free reign to write about whatever I, I'm thinking about, whatever I'm is on my mind. We'll put it that way. Now, Sunday, I was sitting there, and I was thinking about my article, and I thought about something that I actually answered in my last Wednesday podcast, In the Mailbag, and it was essentially, how should Mike Tomlin handle the quarterback situation heading into 2022? And I kind of gave a quick answer like I always do in the mailbag segment, and I didn't spend too much time on it. But I really kind of dove into this topic, and it's the title of my podcast today. It is why the Steelers quarterback race should be a two-man race. I'll say that again. They have four quarterbacks going into training camp, but why I feel it should be a two-man race. Now, the four quarterbacks, we know all about this. And if you read the letter from the editor article that ran on BehindTheSteelCurtain.com on Sunday, it was very hotly debated. We'll put it that way. We will say that there were some strong opinions being shared in the comment section, and that's fine. A lot of people really were up in arms about my thoughts, and I want to make something very clear. Whether it's my podcast, whether it's an article that I write, everyone that listens or reads our content is entitled to their own opinion. I've said that before on my podcast But I want to reiterate it. Everyone's entitled to their own opinion. You can listen to me and think Jeff is bat, you know what, crazy. And that's fine. Because deep down, we're all Steeler fans. Deep down, we all want the team to win. But in this case, man, the people that read that article were fired up. Some agreed, some disagreed. And I'm going to take some time to explain why I don't think that Mike Tomlin should head into training camp with a quote-unquote open competition. It's something that he has said. Maybe he didn't say those exact words verbatim, but he has said something similar in regards to when the Steelers head into training camp, they're going to give everyone an opportunity to win the job. Now, that's not going to look the same, in my opinion, for every single quarterback on the roster. Let's get one thing out of the way. Chris Oladokun, seventh-round draft pick, South Dakota State. Great story. I've talked about him before. I just don't find him fitting not this year. I think the Steelers are going to try to find a way to stash him on the, the practice squad possibly. They're going to find a way to somehow some way keep him on the roster. I think they view him as the future backup quarterback. Think back to when Ben Roethlisberger was there. All the quarterbacks that were drafted, they were all some of them were designed to be big Ben Roethlisberger's backup. Brian St. Pierre, Dennis Dixon. Uh, I, I could go on. I mean, they bring in Charlie Batch, Byron Leftwich. These are players that were not brought in. They were not drafted to be starting court. Joshua Dobbs would be a good example. Some would say Mason Rudolph would fall into that category. But still, these were players that no one, when they drafted Brian St. Pierre out of Boston College, no one said, "Up, oh, there's the heir apparent. When they got Dennis Dixon out of Oregon, no one said, "Up oh, there we go. Ben's next, the, the quarterback after Roethlisberger's done. No one ever said that. I think Oladokun falls into that category for me. He falls into the category they want him to be that long-term guy. He's talented. He's going to need to learn. He's He's going to be able to win you a game or two if necessary once he gets to that point. He's not there yet. But if you give him some time in the system, give him a year on the practice squad to learn, and then maybe he'll be ready in year two to be that backup, or that QB three, considering Mitch Trubisky signed a two-year contract. So let's take Oladokun, and we immediately remove him from the equation. Now we have three quarterbacks. You have Mitchell Trubisky, Kenny Pickett, and Mason Rudolph. Now, Bill Cower wrote a book, Heart and Steel, and he, in the book, if you read it, he talked about the I think it was in the late 90s. I think it was Mike Tomzak, Cordell Stewart, and Jim Miller, I believe, were the three quarterbacks. I could have gotten one of them wrong. If so, I apologize. But he talked about how he had three quarterbacks in training camp that he was trying to figure out who's going to be the starter. Cordell Stewart might have been in there. I don't know. Nonetheless, when you looked at it, he, he looked back in hindsight and said, he made a mistake. And the mistake was is that there's no possible way that you can give three players enough repetitions to actually give them a chance to prove themselves. And so what ended up happening is when obviously he tried to divvy it up evenly, a third to you, a third to you, a third to you. There you go. Boom, boom, boom. No, it it didn't work out that way. And what happened was the guy that would end up being the starter, he was being robbed of repetitions that he was, that was, that were necessary for that player to succeed. And so when you think about it in that aspect, I thought about that as I was thinking about writing this article, and now all of a sudden the wheels are turning, and I'm thinking this is not an open competition. This can't be an open competition. We still have three quarterbacks, and they're all going to be in camp. In my opinion, when I say that it's going to be a two-quarterback race, it is between Mitchell Trubisky, and it is between Kenny Pickett. Mason Rudolph is not in the mix. And a lot of fans were really angry about that. And they were saying, how can you just rule this guy out? These are probably the same fans that bashed the heck out of the guy in 2019 and last season when he played in Detroit and tied, or played versus Detroit and tied. But that's neither here nor there. They wanted Mason Rudolph to get a fair shake. So my thought process here is all based on fact. Things that actually happened. This is not my opinion, folks. This is fact. From the moment the season ended and Ben Roethlisberger announced his retirement, did anyone in the Steelers organization come out and give a resounding vote of confidence in Mason Rudolph's favor? The answer is no. Not players, not coordinators, not Mike Tomlin, not Art Rooney II, not Kevin Colbert, not one. Not one vote of confidence. They might have answered questions. There's a difference between saying, this is our guy, or we're not sure. It was more of the latter than it was the prior. Now, next factual thing that happened. The very first day that teams can negotiate contracts with free agents, the first day of the legal tampering period in the NFL, the Pittsburgh Steelers go out and get what they feel and what many people agree was the best free agent quarterback on the market in Mitch Trubisky. If the Steelers had even an iota of faith that Mason Rudolph was that guy, would they have gone out in the first few hours of that period and actually picked up Trubisky? The answer is no. The answer is no. Do not tell me that the reason they did that was because they want to make sure they have some depth at the position. No. If Mason Rudolph is the guy then you get the depth by signing someone like Andy Dalton, who's not expected to compete for the starting job. He's there because he has experience. He's there because he could maybe win you a few games. But the understanding when they bring that player in, that player being like an Andy Dalton type, would be that they are not going to be vying for the starting job. So again, the Steelers go out right away, and they get a quarterback. That's fact. And that's another shot at Mason Rudolph. To make it the, the the hat trick, if you're a hockey fan or the trifecta, what did the Steelers do in the draft with the 20th overall pick with every single quarterback available, they take Kenny Pickett. I mean, at this point, Mason Rudolph went from being on the Jim Rome show, being on Rich Eisen saying, I'm, I'm anxious to be in an offense that isn't set up for someone else, And maybe I'm going to get a chance to compete to all of a sudden people like me and I'm a no one. I'm a nobody. I get it. But people like me with a podcast platform are saying he doesn't even deserve repetitions in camp. That's right. I said it. He doesn't even deserve to take away repetitions from the two players that should be vying for this job. So you look at Mitchell Trubisky, he should be given every opportunity to prove himself. He fits Canada's scheme. He has the pedigree. He's got the pay, meaning he doesn't cost the team a lot of money. They don't have a ton of financial you know, baggage in him. I've talked about that in prior podcasts before. Then you look at Kenny Pickett. This isn't, this isn't a quarterback. This is something Mike Tomlin said. He talked about Trey Lance last season. Trey Lance drafted out of North Dakota State. Everyone was high on him. The 49ers drafted him way higher than everyone thought. He had only started 16 games in his college career. And he went in the top 10. Now he hasn't proven his worth yet in the NFL. But think about that. Kenny Pickett has started 49 games. The Steelers go out and get the most NFL ready quarterback in the draft with their first round selection. You give that player every opportunity to prove that not only is he the future, but he's the now. Let's continue with the Mason Rudolph bashing that's kind of what I feel like I'm doing here it's not intentional folks by the way I want to make that very clear it is not intentional me kind of constantly bashing on Mason Rudolph but tell me this and think to the obviously this is a rhetorical question I want you to think about this to yourself what is it about Mason Rudolph that we have not seen as fans of the Pittsburgh Steelers yet what aspect of his game Are we still sitting here saying, well, we've never seen him do this? Let me explain. When you think about 2019, we saw plenty of Mason Rudolph. Now, there was the concussion. There was the shoulder injury, and I'm not dismissing that. But we saw plenty of Mason Rudolph. The Pittsburgh Steelers coaching staff saw even more of Mason Rudolph, not just in 2019, but also in 2020 and 2021. Why? Ben Roethlisberger was back, but Ben Roethlisberger never practiced on Wednesdays. He never, I'm sorry, Thursdays, and he sometimes didn't practice on Fridays. So who got the time with the number ones? Who was the starting quarterback during that time? It was Mason Rudolph. Mason Rudolph got a start in 2021, the tie against Detroit at Heinz Field. If there's a if there's people that know whether Mason Rudolph is that guy or not, it's the people that have been with him the last four years, going on five. He clearly is not that guy, and so I labeled Mason Rudolph as the failsafe. He's the guy that if things go south, okay, if, if okay, Kenny Pickett does it maybe you doesn't he's not ready, okay, he's just not ready. Mitch Trubisky is not who we thought he was. He's not going to be the guy or maybe there's an injury. Okay, we've got Mason Rudolph. We can go with him and we might be able to win a few games. Not going to win us a Super Bowl. Not going to win us as many games as maybe the other two guys if they were ready and healthy. But we have Mason Rudolph. That's him. He's the fail-safe. I don't need to see Mason Rudolph in the preseason anymore. It's kind of like when Landry Jones was the quarterback. I don't need to see it anymore. I've seen enough. We've all seen enough of Mason Rudolph. That's why this is a two quarterback race. If I'm Mike Tomlin, or if I'm just speaking with Mike Tomlin, not that he would give one iota of what I think, I'd say, Coach, I you have to you, you want to give Mason Rudolph reps, but the reps should be Trubisky, Pickett, then Rudolph, and every single tier down, the reps should dwindle. Maybe you do sixty percent Trubisky. 40% picket, or I'm sorry, 30% Pickett, and then 10% Rudolph. Or if you want to make it more uh, equal, considering I'm leaning towards Trubisky being the week one starter, I would maybe say, okay, we're going to do uh, 50% Trubisky, 35%, you know, and I'm, obviously you get what I'm saying. Trubisky should get the majority. Shortly or not too far off of that should be Pickett, and then you go to Rudolph with the scraps. We've seen enough, folks, and the Steelers made everything very known this offseason that they don't think he's the guy. And I say he, he's Mason Rudolph. They don't think he is that guy. If they had a thought that he could be that guy, they don't get Mitch Trubisky. They don't draft Kenny Pickett. He's not that guy. He's the failsafe. The ball goes worse. Worst case scenario, we've got Mason Rudolph. And that is why it's a two-man race, not an open competition, in my opinion. I hope that made sense. I hope that came through okay. But that's just the way I view this upcoming quarterback competition. My ride-or-die crew, my loyal listeners that never miss a show, really had a lot of good questions, some really fun ones. We're going to dive into the mailbag headfirst, as we always do. Stay tuned. We'll be okay. Fans, welcome back to the second segment. It is Wednesday. Happy hump day. We are halfway here, folks. We're halfway down the stretch. We're almost to the weekend. And you know what I do? Every Tuesday, I put out a tweet. You can follow me on Twitter at jhartman, Hartman, underscore P-I-T. And I just say, look, ride or die crew, I need some questions. And I always make it very apparent. I always use GIFT, another anchor man gift. That's kind of what I'm on right now in terms of using the gifts for that nailbag question. And I've always thought to myself, I don't want these, don't need these to all be Steelers questions. I'm okay if people ask me some personal questions, and some of you did. So let's get right to it. Brian Haynes asked several. Let's get started. He said, the Steelers are remaking the longest yard. Pick four players from the Kevin Colbert era to play in it, and who would they play? I don't know the longest yard, whether it's the original or the remake, that well. Um, I just never bought into Adam Sandler being an NFL quarterback, not when he's in my opinion, Billy Madison and Happy Gilmore. I just couldn't really get into it. Uh, but if I'm picking four players that would be inmates that would be on that team, I think it'd be funny to see Troy Polamalu there. I'm definitely putting Joey Porter there. James Harrison's going to go there. Those are gonna be the villains. Port is not. That just would be for comic relief, in my opinion. But those two are the villains. And then I would obviously have someone that's... i got to think of an offensive player now. Um, Heinz Ward would fit well in, on that team. So there you go. Brian asks, also, if Mason is nothing more than a camp arm at this point, what would your plan be to handle him? Hashtag writer, doctor. Well, thank you very much. I just talked about that for about 16 minutes. Hopefully that answers your question. I don't think he's nothing more than a camp arm. Let me make that very clear. I think Mason Rudolph does have value, but his value is as nothing more than a, holy crap, we're in trouble because everyone's hurt or we don't have anyone ready. That's it uh it's here said, what player has the second most rushing yards for the Steelers this season this is also from Brian and this is oh god, obviously Najee Harris is going to be number one the second most rushing yards for the Steelers I'm still going to go with Benny Snell Jr. I know that fans aren't going to be happy with that go and check out Jeffrey Benedict's cutting room floor he talked all about the running game why there's hope why there's doubt strengths weaknesses all that great podcast go listen to it that ran on Tuesday morning the last one from Brian. He said, last one, and it's not a question. I just want to commend the entire network. You guys are tremendous at bringing us fans news quickly and without clickbait. The articles and podcasts are so symbiotic. It's art. Thank you to the entire staff. Hashtag Ride or Die Crew, hashtag Bad Company, and hashtag Nerds, nerds of Steel. So thank you, Brian. I do want to say that our network have been very proud of our network. From the quality standpoint, I mean, this is the, this is tough right now to do podcasts Monday, Wednesday, and Friday and try to think of fresh ideas. Yeah, you have some news like rookie minicamps, but it's tough. And I, I do think that we, as a behind-the-steel-curtain podcast network, I use that word network for a reason. I, I want to view us as like an XM channel. You always want to tune in. We give you something different. Like I think about the the Andrew Wilbar and Jeremy Betts Tuesday at noon. They do their draft fix. I listen to it. It's just so different. It's completely different than my show. Jeffrey Benedict's show is completely different than mine, and so is Dave Schofield Stat Geek. There, nothing is the same. What Yin's talking about is the most unique Steelers podcast I've ever heard in my entire life. And so when you have that, I think it just gives a really diverse network. It's something for everyone. That's what we pride ourselves on. So thank you very much. All right. Heath Davis says, which wide receiver do you believe will lead in rushing and receiving touchdowns in Money Matt's offense? Huh. So Money Matt, i just talking about Matt Canada. I think that the wide receiver in rushing touchdowns will be Chase Claypool, I think the receiving touchdowns will actually be Deontay Johnson. That's my thought. That that's a it's a good question. That's tough. Wide receivers running the ball, you know, that's going to be interesting. Um, also, at this point, barring some injury, this is from Brian Haynes as well. Do you think the team adds anyone else? Yeah, I had pointed at a couple running backs. Philip Lindsay was one of my guys. He just signed a one year deal with the Colts. Um, earlier I said Marlon Mack, he signed somewhere else. Then obviously our own Shannon White wrote an article about Tariq Cohen and he injures himself. Uh, he was live streaming a workout on Instagram and it looks like it looks like a ruptured Achilles when you watch it. It's just it's gut-wrenching to watch because he came off of that knee injury. But I don't know if they're gonna add anyone at this point. We'll see. Southside Doc has asked or says organizationally, the Steelers have been a model example and took consistent approaches to handle business. With the departure of Ben Roethlisberger and Kevin Colbert, what actions or signs would be cause for concern moving forward? What would be considered overreactions? Hashtag RiderDieCrew. So, when I think about this new era of the Steelers, and you do talk about consistency, they value consistency more than any other NFL organization. I think about are the Steelers, with in terms of Ben Roethlisberger, I think about. The quarterback position, the value there, Kenny Pickett being that guy, the next guy. I'm not saying I expect him to be the next Big Ben. I'm saying I expect him to be the next quarterback for the next decade. Will that happen? I don't know. But I also look at a leadership standpoint and see where does that go. And that also ties in with the GM. I think that Kevin Colbert really reined it in after the Martavis Bryant issues of drafting high character individuals and guys that, you know, you're not trying to get. You want the most talented players, but character matters. I would want to see the new GM following that because I think it's important. An overreaction would be if Kenny Pickett struggles a little bit his rookie year, or even in year two if he doesn't start until year two. It It's not always going to be perfect. Got to be patient. Cheeseball 10. Jeff, do you ever have the desire to join a football coaching staff? You've always mentioned your stint coaching lacrosse, but wonder if football has ever interested you to that level. Hashtag rider die crew. First, if a stint is 13 years, then yeah, I guess I did a stint of coaching lacrosse. But still, I had been, I actually had been approached by the coach at the school where I coached lacrosse and asked if I wanted to join as a strength and conditioning coach, uh, someone that could help out at all levels, freshman JV, and varsity, kind of be just like a, a floating coach that would just help players in certain aspects of their game. And I just didn't have time, you know, and the reason I stopped coaching lacrosse was because of this job, uh, my, my, I have two jobs, but the behind the steel curtain job and podcasting got more, got bigger. Uh, my family got bigger and so I just needed to be home. So although it does intrigue me, I don't think that's ever going to happen. All right. Aiden Blaine says, Jeff, how do you come up with so many new topics for let's ride each week? Do you ever hit a wall and need to reach out to others for inspiration? Hashtag writer. That's a great question. So when you do a Monday, Wednesday, Friday show, when you think about the other people that podcast on our network, I'm the only one that has more than one show a week. Now, that doesn't mean, you know, like Brian Anthony Davis does a ton of shows. He does the Hangover. He does the Preview. He does the Here We Go show. He does Bad Language. Like, he does a ton of shows. And This is my show three times a week, and so that's a little different. And so for me, I, off, I listen to all of our shows, and a lot of times I will get ideas while I listen to another show. Um, I, I used to get a ton of ideas from Michael Beck on the live mic when Michael was still with behind the steel curtain. Uh, I would get a ton of ideas from listening to him and sometimes I would disagree with him and I'm mentally making notes as I'm driving thinking, Oh, there we go. That's my next topic for a podcast. And there it went. Uh, Jeffrey Benedict is another one. I get a lot of ideas from. Because I will sit there and I'll listen to his podcast. And it's not that I disagree, but it'll spark an idea. Dave Schofield's stat geek is the same. Sometimes it's something we talk about on the Steelers preview that I want to dive into more. I'm always surrounded by Steelers and NFL. Sometimes it's not that difficult. But there are times where I have to kind of bounce ideas off people. It's it's few and far between, but still it does happen. Good question. Lori says, hey, Jeff, love the picture you shared of Bo. That's right. So in case you don't follow me on Twitter... The other day, because on, on Monday show, I mentioned how over the weekend my family, we went out and we got a dog. It wasn't really planned, but we got a dog. And his name is Bo. And I put a picture. He's a pit bull. is the most gentle dog. He's about one years old. He's a beautiful dog. Um, and I put a picture of him on Twitter. And so she says, what is the story and how did you end up rescuing him? I understand you were not planning on it. Now, my wife had been putting the bug in my ear since we had to put my dog our dog Marley down a few months ago. That you know, hey, you know, she's thinking about it. Maybe we we'll get her dog. The kids have been asking. And so she found this dog at the Humane Society in our area. And it was online. She sent me the link and she said, Can we go see the dog? And of course, as a as a man I know that what that means. It means if we go to that shelter and see this dog or other dogs there, we're gonna end up coming home with the dog. And so I said, Okay, you I told her, I said, you understand, like, I'm still going to be working. This is going to be on you mainly to get this dog acclimated. She said, we understand. Okay. So we go. And if you've ever been to a humane society, the dogs are all yapping and they're barking and they're jumping all over the place. This dog, which we named Bo, it was named Guinness at the time, was the only dog that was not barking. And it just kind of sat there and looked at us like, what's up, guys? How are you? And had a really calm demeanor. We met the dog. We had to bring our other dog the next day, our current dog, Kutch. We brought him to meet the dog. Everything went well. He's doing great. Great dog. And there's a story, the story of Bo, which is short for Bo Cephas. A lot of people ask that. Bo Cephas is Hank Williams Jr.'s nickname. Uh, I like country music. Uh, My family, I have a history of especially Hank Williams Jr., so Oh, I I just threw it out there one day. I was like, "What about Bo Bo? Short for Bo Sivas? And the kids were like, "Yeah." So there you go. Good question. Thank you, Lori. Steel Dog eighty eight says, "Do you think Chris Wormley will be the odd man out not to make the fifty three man roster?" The defensive line is, especially if Stephon Tuitt comes back, is going to be a really difficult competition in terms of who they keep and who they get rid of. I mean, when you think about the depth they have, if Tuitt's back, you have Tuitt, Alouwalu, Hayward. Wormley, Milk, the Davis brothers, uh, DeMarvin, Liao, you still have Henry Mondo. I mean, they have so many I totally forgot Montravius Adams. They have so many players along that defensive line. It is going to be absolutely insane as to how I mean, it, how are they going to figure that out? I don't know. I don't know. Then when Dave Schofield was on the show and we did our early 53-man roster predictions, that was one of the toughest positions for me to predict. We'll see. Could he be the odd man out? He could be. He's very one dimensional. He's not great at stopping the run. So that it could be Heath Davis has another one. All right, Jeff, you have to add an 80 slash nineties action movie star, the actual character from the movie, not the actor to each offense, defense, special teams, and coaching staff. Who do you pick and why? Okay. So he has a picture of Jean-Claude Van Damme in the movie blood sport. Um, Oh, my gosh. These are very specific questions. I don't preview these questions before the show. So let's see here. 80s and 90s action movie star. I'm going to go with give me Arnold Schwarzenegger from Predator um, on defense. I'll put him at inside linebacker. Give me uh, Rocky Balboa from Rocky 4 um, I'll put him on special teams. And then give me I'll, – I'll take Jean-Claude Van Damme on offense. I uh, Put him at wide receiver. I'm sure he'll drop kick someone. That would be fun. All right. Justin Pinsker says, will you not live in your fears and tell us your least favorite Tomlinism? The one that he said that I hate the most because it's always brought up and it didn't work out in his favor. Most of the time when Mike Tomlin, it's kind of a put up or shut up thing. He normally puts up. And what I mean by that is it normally comes to fruition. But when he said he was going to unleash hell in December, Man, that's that's always... I remember hearing that live and thinking, yes, let's go coach. Like Let's unleash hell, and they didn't. They fell flat on their face. So that's the one I hate. I don't like that one. I really don't. All right, Tank asked a lot of questions. He said, top three Adam Sandler movies. You can do a list for old school and new school, to be fair. Okay, Billy Madison's number one. Um, I'm going to go with Happy Gilmore, number two. And I'm going to go actually... Ah oh, shoot! There's so many good ones that I like. Um, I do like the Wedding Singer. I think that's underrated. I'm I'm gonna keep that in the old school. The new school. I love Fifty First Dates. Um, I actually like. I actually love the Grown Ups movies. I think they're hysterical. And I actually like the one with uh, Jennifer Aniston. Jennifer Aniston, where he they are dent- She's his, He's a dentist, and she is his assistant. And they go on vacation. I think that's funny too. He said, Tank asked another one, what is your game day goods? Pizza, wings, burgers, nachos. I haven't asked this before, Tank. It is uh, what we call Tom Brady sucks nachos grande. And tacos, it's nachos, it's it's meat, it's great. And I I think I've talked about that before. I don't want to spend too much time on that. But that's it. It's That's what we always have. Kyle Stone says, do you think it's possible the Steelers hold off on hiring a GM this year? Have Khan and Hunt both take over? without a change of title, and then promote Tomlin next year to GM and Flores head coach. While that's an intriguing thought, I don't think there's any chance that happens. Mike Tomlin was actually asked if he was ever be interested in being a GM, almost or like a Bill Belichick type, and he said no. Um, I, I think the Steelers are fine where they are. If they we'll think Khan and Hunt can do the job, they'll hire them, they'll promote them. Tomlin wants to coach. He said that very clear. Will Caldwell. Hey, Jeff. Do you have a favorite Tomlinism hashtag ride or die crew? Uh, my favorite Tomlinism. Now I love to give a shout out to one of my ride or die crew members. Uh, Will's a great Rider die crew member, but so is Jeff Coons, And he misspells his first name. It's not, it doesn't spell it like me as G off. He always responds to my tweets. It's hysterical. We literally will speak back and forth on Twitter as if we are do using nothing but Tomlinisms. And it's hysterical. I'll read them to my wife because I laugh out loud. She's like, what are you laughing at? And I have to tell her. My favorite Tomlinism is, I don't know why, but it's when you have red paint, you paint the barn red. I don't know why I've always thought that's so good. If you have red paint, you paint the barn red. That's my favorite Tomlinism. I'm not going the standard as the standard and all that stuff. That's my favorite. Tank also asked, if you could sit down with one Steeler, not named Benjamin Todd Roethlisberger, who would it be? I could sit down with one member of the Steelers. I'm going to say that they're done. They're not playing anymore. Who would it be? I would want to, after reading Jim Wexel's Palomalu book, I'd want to sit down with Troy Palomalu. No doubt about it. Johnny Bravo says what was your reaction to the penguins blowing the three to one lead in their series I had to watch Shrek to cheer me up hashtag ride or die crew <laughs> Johnny Bravo loves his Shrek so uh, I, I th- I've said this to everyone everyone sees me wearing Pittsburgh gear and they oh up about the penguins Ultimate choke job they don't deserve to win they don't deserve to win if, if you blow a two goal lead in games five and six you blow a one goal spot in the third period in game seven you don't deserve to win. I don't put the blame on Mike Sullivan but they don't deserve to win. Ryan Clark, what are your thoughts on AB supposedly wanting to retire a Steeler? I'm wondering where the sentiment was four seasons ago, lol, hashtag or die crew. I might be the only one out there. I really don't care. I really don't care about Antonio Brown. I don't care if he retires as a member of the Steelers. Do I think the Steelers would have a press conference and have him in and signing a day contract? No, I don't. But when was the last time that happened? They didn't even do that really for Ben Roethlisberger. He announced his retirement on Twitter. And that, think about this, people. I mean, the Steelers don't really do that stuff. So I'm not worried about AB. He can go kick rocks. Haskins QB1. Hey, Jeff, are the Steelers putting all their eggs into the two-hit basket? Hashtag rider-die crew. I'm going to say no, and the DeMarvin Leal draft pick tells me that they didn't. They didn't sit back on their laurels and say, you know what? We're just going to see if he can come back and play. They didn't do that. They said, we're going to go. We're going to make a move. We're gonna get you know, we're gonna get someone, and if he comes back, that's great. If he doesn't, we have a plan in place. I like the moves they make. I think they have a great, they have good depth on the defensive front. I don't think they put all the eggs into that basket. He also asked, hey Jeff, do you think Alex Highsmith still has room to grow or is he a finished product? I think he still has room to grow. And I think that last year he had a great season. This is something Jeffrey Benedict said, I'm gonna steal it. He said that there were times where Alex Highsmith won his one-on one. He just wasn't as fast as TJ Watt, meaning TJ Watt was just getting to the quarterback before him. It was literally boom, boom, a bang, bang play. Watt takes down the quarterback. Highsmith is just there to high five him, but he won his matchup too. I think as Watt gets more attention, you'll see Highsmith continue to excel. I think he still has room to grow. Tyler asked, just got tickets for the Sunday night game against the Bengals in November. It will be my wife's first game at Heinz Field. Any recommendations for things to do? Places to see while we are there. And what matchup are you looking forward to the most this year? Hashtag ride or die crew. So, okay, if you're going to go to a game in November, make sure you did. It's November, but it could be really cold still in Pittsburgh. Uh, I used to tell everyone to go to Jerome Bettis' Grill 36. I'm pretty sure that closed down. I don't think it opened up after COVID lockdowns. So, I, I, I would say that your best bet is to, if you want to go to like the original permane's, if you've never been there, go to the Strip District. The cool places there. If you're going to be there for the weekend, go to Mount Washington. Get a good view of, you know, go up the incline, uh, the Duquesne Incline, and get to see the city. It's a really great view up there. Uh, go and explore downtown. It's a nice town. It's not like a Baltimore where you go downtown you feel like you're going to die. Uh, it's a great little town. But when you go to the game itself, go early, get in early, and go and walk around. See the Coca-Cola Great Hall. I think it's still the Coca-Cola Great Hall. And you get to see all that cool stuff. Check it out. Go in. Walk around the stadium. Talk to fans. Tell them that you remember the Ride or Die crew. See if anyone's ever heard of that. They probably haven't, but that's okay. I hope you enjoy the game. That's going to be awesome. Okay, uh, daily Joinco. he said, Hey, Jeff, not a question is more of a statement. To me, it feels like it should be an honor and a privilege to retire as a Steeler. I appreciate the good times A.B. brought to me and the Steelers, but he has yet to act like a professional years later. I don't think he's what a true Steeler exemplifies and shouldn't be brought back, even if to simply retire. Because if he does sign, if he has another quote-unquote transgression, will that somehow be connected back to the Steelers? These are the things AR2, Art Rooney II, is probably thinking about. I'll respect his decision either way. Hashtag ride or die crew. I just want to make something clear. I don't think the Antonio Brown's retiring. I think that if, if his if he's healthy and there's a team that calls him, he'll still play. And there will probably be a team that calls him. But if he says, I'm done, and he retires, and he wants to retire a Steeler, there's nothing stopping him from saying, I am retiring as a member of the Steelers. And if he says that on Twitter, so be it. The Steelers don't have to welcome him in and do all that stuff. Like It literally can just be that. So we'll see. We shall see. Again, I'll say it again. I don't care about Antonio Brown. All right, so I had a, had a couple tangents there. I thank you all, my Ride or Die crew, for being a part of that mailbag segment. It's always one of my favorite segments of the week. You all are the best. You prove it every single week. Make sure you follow me on Twitter if you want to participate in that mailbag, at Hartman J, the letter J, H-A-R-T-M-A-N underscore P-I-T. And every Tuesday I ask the question for the Wednesday mailbag. All right, folks, on Friday I will be back working on a – I'm really excited, by the way, for next Monday's uh, Monday morning conversation. We'll talk about that more on Friday. Friday's show should be great. I hope you're with me. Make sure you check out behindthesteelcurtain.com and wherever you get your podcasts or Steelers or Behind the Steel Curtain. You know how we finish it out, folks. Be safe, be kind, and God bless. Have a great day. We'll see you on Friday. Go see you.